People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. How the devil are you all? Right, we've got a, a bit of a strange case here. Um, from 2009, so again, it's relatively recent. Yeah, um, compared to some of the stories we know, yeah. it's, it's pretty pretty modern. So, let's get straight into it, right? Because I don't like keeping people in suspense. Alright, so this goes on... It takes about four days for the, for this sequence of events to take place. It's about four days we're talking about. But it starts on June the 12th, 2009. And it takes place... Well, it starts in Derry, in Ireland, okay? When a guy in his 60s, a tall, thin man with grey hair and glasses, gets onto a bus and asks to go to Sligo, right? Right. So it's always strange because nobody asks to go to Sligo. But he was wearing a black leather jacket and carried two pieces of luggage. One of them was a two-handled hold-all style bag, okay? And the other one was um, a bag around his shoulder. It looks very similar to um, a laptop bag, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this is all he had. So he had this, this hold-all and a laptop bag. Anyway, he jumps on the, the bus and he has to go to Sligo. And this is about half past six in the evening, okay? So... He gets down there, jumps off the, out the bus station, jumps into a taxi, and asks the taxi driver to take him somewhere that's inexpensive, right? Hmm. Um, where you wouldn't necessarily need to book. Yeah. One of these places you could just walk in. I mean, um, like the vacancy signs. Generally speaking, in England, it's um, fairly common that you just walk into a hotel and just. I, I presume it is everywhere else, but I know I know in in the UK it's, it is. You could just walk into most hotels and most get a room for the night. Yeah. So. Um, the first place that the taxi driver actually took him to, there was no places available on saying that. So he ended up going to another place where he actually ended up in the Sligo City Hotel on Quarry Street, okay? And there were rooms available. And he booked him for three nights and he paid in cash. Again, in the UK, um, this being an island, but we don't... Sometimes they do. Sometimes they'll ask you for ID. Um, mm. Things like that. But normally they just take your credit card and they hold that credit card. So if you do any damage to the room, anything like that, throw a TV out the window, you get billed on the credit card, as I found out it's my expense, or flooded the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, after a massive orgy or whatever. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how it works. But if you're paying cash, normally you just hand the cash to tell you the price, you hand the cash and that's it. And in this case, that's exactly what happened. Now, he did fill out a form, because on, on the reservation for the room, you do have to fill out a form. And he put down his name as Peter Bergman, okay? And interestingly enough, he gave an address uh, which was Ainge Strand and Strandston 154472 Vien in uh, and this translated to be in like in Vienna in Austria. The actual place that he gave and the police look into this case later on as we'll come into this, but the actual address doesn't exist. It did used to exist, but now it's a vacant lot and has been for a very long time. Right. So is this just a guess, or is this something he's planned? Something that he used, you know, he knew. But uh, you know, coming. And the other interesting thing is the way he spelt Bergman was uh, B E 
R-G-M-A-N-N, okay? And the two ends at the end does possibly mean he came from Austria because that is the Austrian way of spelling that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, but double N. Again, that's a little thing, but again, like I say, he was asked to provide no identification, so he didn't. And so all we've got to go on is what he's filled out here. Yeah. Right. So he's given the keys to room 705 and uh, he made his way to his room. Now, the CCTV footage of this case, and again, you can watch this online, but you will notice quite instantly, you know, when you start watching this, you notice that he's got this this bag um, and it's a purple, um, just a plastic carrier bag, but it's purple, which stands out. Yeah, it's so not he, normal. You can imagine that. Over these three days that he was in and out of the hotel, the staff did seem to um, comment on this plastic bag. This plastic bag became a bit of a running joke with the staff. The, the yeah. guy himself, the staff all say that he kept himself to himself. He didn't mix with the other guests. You know, he'd be friendly in the corridor if you saw him and that. He'd say hello. He'd say morning, you know, when he came to drop his key off in the morning before he went out, things like that. But he, he mostly kept himself to himself. But... Every day, he left the hotel on several occasions. And every time he left, he would be carrying that purple plastic shopping bag, yeah? Which was obviously full of some contents. And when he came back, the, yeah, in his room, but he'd go out with a purple bag, come back without the purple bag. And again, um, he did this a total of 13 times during this weekend, okay? But interestingly enough, there's no CCTV footage, closed-circuit uh, television footage, you know, of from around the town, yeah. um, of him disposing the contents of that bag. Okay. Which, and again, if you watch the CCTV footage back, and I'll, um, I'll put a link at the end of this show to um, a YouTube video of this. You can see it for yourself if you if you that way inclined. But you see him, and he's sort of studying. He's stood on the street corner, and he's looking around, and you can see he's studying where mm. the camera's looking. Where can they see? And then he goes to a place where the cameras can't see and disposes of this content, puts the carrier bag in his pocket, goes back to the hotel, fills it back up again, goes back out again. Okay, so this is what he was doing over these three days. Uh, again, the eyewitnesses saw him about the town, but nobody saw him depositing anything so that we know of. quite sneaky with it. Yeah. Uh, on the second day, I think he was there, he ended up going to the post office in the morning and he bought stamps, eight of them, and he also bought airmail stickers right um, and this was on Sunday the 14th of June he then enters a taxi and asks the taxi driver to take him to a quiet beach or a deserted beach and the, the taxi driver suggests this this little you know, desolate beach it's, you know, a lot of people go there walk the dogs that kind of thing but generally speaking it's not a touristy place okay mm-hmm. um, it's called Ross's Point he drove in there at Bergman's request yeah, and the taxi driver reports he basically stopped. He opened the window. He had a look around, and then he said, "Yeah, this this is what I was looking for." Um, Take me back to the hotel. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty not a, random. It's not a normal taxi no. journey, is it? So anyway, so this so this takes us to Monday, the fifteenth of June, and Bergman asked the um, the clerk if he could check out a bit later on. All right, his his, res- his checkout was say I don't know, early morning, but he wanted to hang on, and the, the, uh, he asked for about one around one ish, 
uh, which they granted him because um, again, it's not uncommon that people be waiting for a uh, a train or a bus or do you know what I mean? That might mm. come in the afternoon. So rather than just leaving the hotel early morning check out, people will ask if they can just hang on behind a little bit because they've got time to kill. Yeah, totally. You know, normal request. So the staff didn't think this was. Um, you know, anything out there normal. So he did, and then, he, like I say, one o'clock he checked out. And when he checked out, he was carrying his purple bag, his black laptop-style bag, and that and the whole hole as well. So he checked out with everything, basically checked in with. Um, on a little side note, while he was at the hotel, like I said before, the staff thought he was... Um, that he spoke with an Austrian accent, okay? So they didn't know if he could speak real fluent English. And so he wasn't interacting with people in the hotel. He wasn't interact- interacting with staff, generally speaking. Um, but they didn't know if that was because he was foreign. Right? Yeah. Rather than yeah, yeah. Know, being sense. some sort of recluse. He just, but he kept himself to himself. He had meals there, things like that. But um, there was one occasion where the chambermaid went to the room, knocked on the door. Um, Is anybody in there? Didn't get no answer. Um, but the door was locked and she didn't have the key. Because normally when people check out this hotel, they hand the key in. Yes. So that you know, so that they know you're out, okay. But they didn't have the candy back in, so they went to knock on the door to see if he was in there, and didn't get no answer. And they thought, well, this is weird. There's no key, and he's not answering. Something mm. happened. So the manager, the assistant manager, she went up there and she opened the door, and she said, when she opened the door, he was stood in front, basically stood looking at the door, and he was in total shock that she'd opened the door. And she said it was almost like he was expecting somebody, but not her. Right. Okay. So, like. So she said she. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you, know you mean. mean. So she, he was expecting. He was almost expecting someone to come through the door, but not her. And then mm. she said it was a like a. She said when I, when she saw him, it was like um, she caught him in the act, right? Of doing something. I'm not, he, he was fully clothed, <laughs> <laughs> but. Know where my mind went. Yeah, but she said she caught him. It felt that's what she felt like. He, she caught him in the act of doing something, whatever he was doing, but he didn't want anybody to know this. And, mm. um, but when he seen it was there, he was sort of, um, sigh of relief when he saw it was there. And then he realized that it was there. And then he, and then they exchanged some words about, you know, the, the clients clean the room. And, uh, and he, he said he'd be going out shortly and, and then they clean the room when he went. So that's what took place in the hotel. Okay. So again, like we're going back now to the the Monday. So he checks out, and he goes to he goes from the hotel to the bus station where he originally uh, came. Okay, but somewhere again, the CCTV footage shows this when he re- when he turns up to the um, bus station, he's not carrying the black hold all bag. Right, so, so somewhere between he's lost it or deposited yeah, it. Yeah, somewhere between the hotel and the bus station, which ain't that far, he's deposited somewhere. And again, there's no CCTV footage of him leaving this bag anywhere. So the hmm. CCTV footage of him walking down the street, the CCTV footage of him walking into the bus station, buying a coffee, things like that, sitting at a table. But there's, there's they don't know where he dumped that bag, and that bag to this day has still never been found. None of the items he deposited have ever been found, not one. Hmm. So are they still there, sitting somewhere, waiting to be discovered? As he hid them in such a way that... So when we think he's deposited these things, did he deposit them like... Because when you think... I don't know about you, but when I when I was 
watching this, you know, the program and listening to it. When I was thinking deposited, I was thinking he's found like a bin or yeah something like that to drop these items in. But has he hid these items in such a way that they're under a rock or something like that where someone will discover them eventually, rather than binning them? Do you know what I mean? Well, there's that, and then obviously you don't know what was in them. No, but I mean, a lot of these things, if you didn't want them to be discovered later on, he could have been them at the hotel. Mm. I mean, there is a bin in most rooms, isn't there? And there's bins all over the place. I mean, you wouldn't need to go around the town depositing these things. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it'll make more sense when I when I tell you what happens next. So, again, the, the CCTV footage shows him at the... Um, the calf in the station, yeah, where he buys a cappuccino and a sandwich. And, you know, like I say, nothing unusual here. He's sitting at the table. He's watching the world go by. He actually made some notes on a piece of paper. Uh, and, again, you can see this on the on the, the film. But the they've never tracked down those notes. It, look, it looked towards the end like he might have even, tore, even, even folded them up and put them away in his pocket or tore them up. Yeah. But you put them in his pocket and, again, they've never found these scraps of paper. So what was on him, we don't know. Um, now, he boarded a bus and purchased a one-way ticket. And this was about uh, half past two in the afternoon. And he asked to go to Ross's Point. Okay. okay. And he, that's where he got off. So we know from the, the bus driver that was on duty that day that he did get off at Ross's Point. And he, he remembers seeing this guy, you know. Okay, so when he gets to the beach... Lots of witnesses place him at the beach, walking up and down the beach all day. Um, you know, dog walkers, like I said before, there's, there's people who just go walking down there. It's not a, when you think of a beach, it's not a beach, beach, sand and, um, you know, deck chairs and all that sort of thing. It's not that kind of beach. I mean, you get the ice cream vans and all that, but it, it's more like a craggy, it's cliff, it's a cliff edge. Um, right. You think of Ireland, you know, that is that. You know, it's like a cliff edge and you walk down and it's like a craggy beach. Um, again, you know, people went there windsurfing, surfboard, that kind of thing. But it's no cliff not. It's not a, you know, go down there and eat a stick of rock type of beach, you know, yeah. and have sex under the pier. But that's another story. <laughs> so he's down there. And again, like witnesses place him there for hours. Okay. Um, he was seen... He was seen at four o'clock. This is the way. This is where people that saw saw him told the police, you know, after this event, after the event, that they recognised this man. So he was seen. He could be placed at the beach at four o'clock. We know he got he got on a bus at twenty to three ish. Uh, so he was seen there at four, five, ten past nine in the, at night, half past nine at night, half past ten at night. Remember, this is June, so it would have been it would have been light or yeah, so it's fairly not- late. So it's not. I mean, it is it is out the it is out the ordinary to be there at half past ten at night on yeah. this beach, okay? Um, unless, like I say, you're drunk and you're accompanying a you know a young lady. But anyway, uh, eleven o'clock, ten past eleven, ten to twelve, right? So ten minutes before midnight was the last time he was seen, and this was by a couple who was walking their um, dog, and uh, they was coming off the beach. Up this stairway, up this staircase, off the beach, and up this cliff face sort of thing. They was actually coming off that as he was going down onto the beach. Right, so he's sort of potted around. Potted around, all, yeah. All, he's all not day, just yeah. stayed in he's one. He's not place. just gone there and and you know and then gone. But he's, but again, you know, when they they say they saw him going on the beach as they was coming off, and, it, and the guy remembers. He said, "Well, you know, I I said um, hello to him, and he nodded back, 
Um, he didn't speak. He just nodded back. You know that nod you do. Mm. Um, but again, you know, but he said it stuck out because we was coming off the beach. It was ten to twelve, and this guy's going on the beach. And again, look at the way he's dressed. He's dressed in his leather jacket, smart, smartly dressed. He's got like uh, suit bottoms on, you know, all that sort of thing. He's he's not. It doesn't look like someone that would be on the beach. And again, that's why a lot of these witnesses could place him is because the way he, he, looked, he stuck out like a sore Yeah. Form. All right. He wasn't in shorts and T-shirt and, you know, the, the usual attire for the beach. He was in a suit with yeah. a leather jacket on. He just looked strange. Um. So that, that brings us around to the following morning. Uh, that when, when the guy called Arthur Kinsella, Kinsella, I think his name was, he, he took his lad down there. And his lad was training for some sort of triathlon. So they'd, they'd go early morning, like half past six in the morning, and his lad was swimming all that, just to get it out of the way for the day. Right? Yeah. Uh, and he runs across the body, um, and he actually states that the, when he saw the body at first, he thought it was a shot mannequin just laid on the beach. Right, okay. All right. Uh, then he, so he walked over there, and then he realised it, it was a human being. So Mr. Kinsella comes across this body and he obviously realises the situation. Uh, this guy's clearly drowned, okay? He's drowned. So he calls for the, the, the police or the guard in Ireland, okay? And they come down and, and they their report says that they found this man. He was wearing a blue, uh, sorry, a navy blue t-shirt, speedo-style swimsuit, underwear uh, on top of the swimsuit, Okay. Okay. And the wristwatch, right? The rest of his clothing was on the shore. It was found folded and stacked in a neat little pile. Um, incidentally, right, what was interesting about the, the clothing that they found, because they, they're not sure whether... Obviously, he's deceased at this point, okay, and this is why this case is all strange, but they're not sure whether he was intending for his body to be washed out and never found, okay? So the clothing that he left behind... When they actually looked at the clothing, all the labels inside the clothing have been removed. Okay. So you know That's... you get labels in most pieces of clothing yeah. where it's like washing instructions, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, they'd actually been snipped out of everything. His underwear, everything. I mean, sometimes you'll do that if you've got like a, a piece of clothing where the label's particularly itchy. Yeah. I know where the girls like, they get they get labels sometimes on the inside of their yeah. thing and they'll say, cut them off because it's itching me. Yeah, and you know that can be that can happen, but no, this was everything, uh, even things that wouldn't necessarily do that, like like say trousers and sort of things. The, mm. All the labels been removed, which makes it very difficult to place these items. You know yeah. which store he bought them from, if you know, especially if they're just like a generic. That's the thing. Yeah. So, again, so the clothes were going to be found because he'd left them on the beach. People that are familiar with the missing four and one stuff, the uh, Dave Blyer stuff, they'll done they'll this crops up in those cases where people go missing and. They'll find the clothes all st- all neatly st- stacked. Um, you know, we don't know why that is. Yeah, but, it seems but, really strange. But that, that does crop up. You know, if the last gonna, thing I'd be thinking of is if, let me fold this t-shirt. Yeah, if you're going to go drown yourself, it seems it's almost ritualistic. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just something in the human psyche where we do these things. I don't know. Um, this last Could act, be. and yeah, you know, I don't know. But again, he's piled all this stuff up and. Headed out into the sea again. Like I say, the 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 label removal made it very difficult for um, any sort of forensic clothes to yeah. things. Okay, so obviously the trousers that he was on, he had um, a few things in his pocket actually. So he had money, 
tissues, aspirin, adhesive bandages, <laughs> a bar of hotel soap. So he's a thief as well. Yeah, but interestingly, the um, the soap was not from the hotel you're staying in Ireland. Okay, it was determined that the soap was not even an Irish brand. Right. Okay. okay. So, why I don't know. Um, and again, but he had no identification on him, and he wore glasses, and the glasses weren't found either. So whether he went into the sea with them on and they got washed away, I don't know. But they weren't with the thing. Um, That's really strange. Yeah. The hotel, the the black laptop bag was also found there, uh, and the purple shopping bag. Interestingly enough, now this is obviously strange anyway. But where it gets a little bit more stranger is the po- post mortem. Okay, so they took his DNA, they took his fingerprints, and circulated them across Interpol and all the rest of it. And they also took his picture from the CCTV footage yeah. and circulated that as missing people's and that and no one to this day has ever come forward to say they know the guy recognise the guy um, the fingerprints didn't match anybody on record the DNA didn't match anybody on record as yet I mean that can change obviously next to King might get picked up and then it. but um, to all intents and purposes he's he's a ghost he's a ghost and, and the, the obviously the Bergman name the Peter Bergman name they, they do believe that that is a false name as well because they can't find any record or passport or anything like that ever issued to a Peter Bergman. Hmm. Which is strange in itself because you think that'd be quite a common name. Peter Bergman's obviously a common name, but Peter is obviously still yeah. not an outlandish name. So to find there's nobody with that. Again, it's, it's, it's interesting. but Yeah, it is actually. The strangest thing about all this, which might shed some light on why he committed suicide, because uh, although the, the post-mortem couldn't show... Saltwater drowning is a cause of death. It was ruled to be the cause of death. Okay, because he was found on the beach um, in swimwear and it, it, to all intents and purposes, he drowned. Yeah, but, but if there's no water in the lungs, that's like saying someone who's been hit by a bus has died of COVID. Again, yeah, I know, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, they have, yeah. Yeah. They died with COVID anyway. But I think... Um, if again you go back to the missing four and one stuff, a lot of those people do drown. I remember we did a show on the Manchester Canal deaths, and a lot of mm. those people drown. They were found dead that. in the water, but the coroners could never say with definitive they died of drowning. They would say it, they'd, they'd say a misadventure or exposure. Even these things would crop up, even though it was found in water. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Clearly, drown. Yeah, it's pretty conclusive. They couldn't say. Though. For definite, they drowned, which is, I don't know, it's strange. I don't know, but, but in this case, mm. this crops up. But again, this is the the in- most interesting bit of, I think about all this, apart from the CCTV footage, um, this is interesting because when they did the post-mortem, they found that he had extensive late stages of uh, prostate cancer. Okay, and it even got into the bone and things like that. Now, this would have been extremely painful, right? He'd also, they also found that he had um, bone tumours uh, and um, he had one kidney. He also had heart trouble. He clearly suffered heart attacks in the, in, the pra- in the past and would have been taking drugs for for that. 
But mm. in the post-mortem, they didn't find any trace of any painkiller or any drug in his system. Not even like stuff like aspirin or paracetamol, these types of things that you just take for pain. He didn't take that. And again, the, the, the pathologist um, couldn't explain that because it's not normal to have that level of pain and not take anything for it. Me, a lot of people would even take like methadone and things like that for this sort of level of pain. Yeah, it's not normal because um, when that gets into your bones, that is excruciating. Apparently, yeah. that's what they'd say. I mean, obviously, you know, I hope no one's ever had that, but you know, um, but if you go back to the contents of his pockets, aspirin was found in his pockets, but not in his system. But not in his system. Okay. So, did he stop taking this stuff? I don't know how long it takes for that to get out of your system. I don't know. Maybe it took a couple of days. Maybe, I don't know. I've got no idea. But did he, I'm just supposing here, but did he take, when he arrived in Ireland or when he arrived in Sligo, did he stop taking this stuff? Was this a conscious decision? I'm going to stop taking this shit now. This mm. is the end. Because it seems to me like he's prepared what's gone on here for these final days of his life. He's taken the decision. This is what he's going to do. Um... And the way he's going to do it, he's planned it out to the letter, removing the labels, things like that. So did he make a conscious decision at that point that he was going to stop? But again, if you watch the footage of him around the hotel and all that, he doesn't look in pain. He doesn't really look in pain. I mean, he's still smoking and things like that. But I mean, I guess, you know, if you're fucking dying, it doesn't really matter at that point. No. But he's still smoking, things like that. And he doesn't look, he's not on a stick or anything like that. He's not, you know, walking with a cane or anything like that. He's just, he doesn't look in pain, which again... Is interesting knowing what we know about him afterwards. Um, I mean, I don't know what really more to say on it. I mean, there was obviously all these ailment, ailments that he had. The cause of death, like I said before, was listed as um, drowned, and although there was no, the, the coroner said there was no classic, and this is a quote, classic saltwater drowning, no signs of classic saltwater drowning was a quote. Um, which is weird in itself when you you think do you know well, what I mean? they thought he might have died and the in the summing up they actually said that he could have had a cardiac arrest from going in the water or whatever it was the cold mm. I don't know but that could have been what killed him and then the drowning yeah. just happened later on that's possible yeah so, it's pretty damn cold you know if that that's the way they're looking at it but again so This is 2009, and this is what we we still don't know to this point, okay? There's a list here. So I'll, I'll read you the list, and then we'll go from there. But So this is what we don't know, okay? The man's true name, where he was from, although, like I said, the, the place in Vienna where he mentioned did actually exist. It's just not a property anymore. Yeah. And it so hasn't been for a long time. So it's not where he... So did he know this property when he was a kid or something like that? Mm. Um, but we don't know where he's from, okay? We don't know... Uh, his identity we don't know his place of origin we don't even know where he entered Ireland yeah of All course right. no you wouldn't uh, we don't know why he picked Sligo hmm. again you know is that just a random impulse thing on the day could have uh, been we don't know what he did with the belongings that he seemingly disposed of during his stay in, in the town um, we don't know what the belongings were obviously because yeah. we've never traced them. We don't know where he disposed of them. We don't know whether he intended to die by drowning. 
Mm. Um, we safe to assume that, but you can't know for definite. Okay. Yeah. Um, we don't know if he intended to simply disappear, although the removal of the any identification, the labels, things like that, does tend to. It's, yeah, it goes be, more towards yeah, suicide than a just trying to, to disappear. Be, didn't want to be, yeah, for them to know who he was when they found him. Okay, um, obviously, we don't know who those letters were for, you know, the bought airmail things and things, but we don't know if he wrote any letters, we don't know if he sent any letters, we've got no idea. The police did try and trace that, they're going back to the post office to see if there was they could find it, but there was no record, they don't keep records of that. No, you know, when you put a letter in a letterbox, it's just a letter in a letterbox. It's not a unless it's recorded. Yeah, it's just a, it's just another letter in a bag. Yeah, um, and obviously we still don't know who he is, and no one's come forward, and no one identifies him. Which yeah, it's really quite strange. So we, literally, we don't know a thing about him. Then it feels, doesn't it? I mean, it feels like a. It, it, you almost want to say, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure he wasn't, but I'm going to say it anyway, but it makes me feel like he was some sort of um, spy or something, you know what I mean? And he'd been working behind enemy lines and yeah, he wanted to go without... I know, yeah, I know what, what you mean? mean, you know, if you're going to die without to that, a trace. The, the was... bit that gets me is the CCTV, you, and I'll send you the film so you can watch it, but I think it's only about 15 minutes long, it's not a long thing at all, but... And again, I'll put the link in on the description because people could go and watch this if you're interested. And you'll see the behaviour of him. You'll see him stood on the corners looking at CCTV cameras. And he's clearly, you know, I mean, I don't know how... I've never tried to do it, so I don't know. But no. he had a 100% success rate at disposing of things without being seen. So... That does I, lean... I'd say that leans more towards... Like you said, with the with being that sort of undercover, something. Yeah, because it's some not some sort of intelligence, maybe yeah. military intelligence or something. It just seems like a bit too convenient. Yeah, it was good. Whatever. He, I mean, if he was just, if it was just a random thing, he decided to go there and dump this stuff out, anybody noticing. Well, he did a good, good fucking job because yeah. they never found it. So and they don't know who he is. That's a hundred percent success rate. That's pretty good going, just for a ran, just for a random person to decide to do it. So I'm I'm not saying that he's a spy, but I'm saying he's definitely a spy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested again on people's thoughts on this. It's an it is a bizarre tale. Mm. Um, yeah, it is. It's very strange. You know, and I, like I say, he was dying. He knew he was. He clearly knew he was dying. That the the, the pathologist, the, you know, they said they they. There's no doubt that they knew. Yeah, he did uh, felt it. He was he was dying. He obviously knew he had this and um, when these tumours get in your bones and all the rest of it there's no way he didn't know he was dying okay so this was his way of taking back control over and people do do this you know people who are dying do take control back over their lives you know they'll decide when they're going on their terms yeah so it's not uncommon um, I mean it's not common but it's not uncommon if you know what I mean so is it just simple is it just as simply that but then but then you say, well, no one's come forward to no, no, no one's come forward to no one's looking for him essentially. But then there are people that no one's looking for. I mean, people who are, um, you know, not very nice people. Let's say yeah. people have done things. You know, 
you could have relatives that have done bad shit and you wouldn't necessarily give a fuck where what happens to them. You wouldn't be Yes. You know, if you haven't seen them for a while, you're not gonna think, Oh, I'm gonna I'm really bothered about where this person's gone because they just they don't mean. So yeah. So you don't know if he was in that camp either. Um That's true. We just don't know. No. And and I don't know I think two thousand nine, so we're a few years on now, aren't we? So I'm I'm not sure that this is ever gonna get resolved now. I think this is just gonna be one of those cases that remains just an, a mystery. Mm. It does seem that way, doesn't it? It does seem like it's one that we're not going to ever find out. And to be honest, I don't think the police... It's horrible to say it, but I, I can't see him being that bothered. No, it's not a murder. It's not a... No, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not, it's, I don't it's see a, them... It is a suicide... Oh, essentially speaking, it... Just because we don't know who he although is. Although he died of a heart attack, so it's difficult to rule it as a suicide, but it is, you know, it is... Mm. Um, it just a seems... A natural death, let's yeah. put it like that. So... The, Are they going to waste resources? No, it? no, they've said as much. They you know they've said, "Look, we've done our investigation. We can't, we can't tell you who he is." Blah blah blah. And it's, it's it is what it is. You know, unless someone comes forward and said, "Oh, he's he's so and so," then the police are. There's very little they can do. And again, like I said, there's there's no resources being spent there because of the situation. It's just a natural death. Yeah. So again, it probably never it probably never gets sold. No. Unless those items are found. Yeah, but again, even if they are found, is is it? Depends what they are. Depends what they are, and as to whether they're going to bother, you know, looking into it any further. Because, like you said, if it's just uh, some random foreigner who's decided to have a heart attack because he swam in the sea, are they really that bothered? Pro- no, probably but not. But if the items come back to be something of significance, then well, yeah. maybe it will. But let's like, so something is found. I can't imagine that you just again, you know, they they say, they they asked the people at the tip and things like that. If they'd seen this bag and stuff like that, so they, mm. you know, and they hadn't, so a lot of rubbish comes through tips, and you know, as you can imagine, all the bins and that, yeah. quite a lot of rubbish. It's not like they would find, um, you know, a hold or necessarily, but some might. I mean, there's a lot of babies get dumped at tips and things like that, and they're never found. Yeah, so, that's know, true. Sometimes they find them years later and things like that, but and suitcases and shit, don't they? So yeah, you know, it's a needle in an haystack. It's an eel and an ace that, but again, I'd be interested if people have got views mm. on this or yeah, whether they had a similar case even. Yeah, but that's a very yeah. I'm trying to still trying to wrap my head around it to be honest. It's, it's just, just weird. Yeah, it's just again, you know, he's took his his destiny in his own hands, and you know, well, well yeah, done. And yeah, he's mean? yeah, he's done a good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, just wanted to say thank you to. Uh, Apple subscription subscribers. I don't know if that's the right fucking way for it. Sounds a bit of a mouthful, actually. Now I've said yeah. that out loud. But um, we want to thank them, those, them. What do you call them? People. Yeah. I mean, what do you call a collective? I don't know. Group. You guys. Well done. Yes. Thank you very much. Um, but we don't know who you are because Apple no don't tell you. So, yeah. Well, they do tell us where you're from. Yeah, but. Like which country? That, but which doesn't narrow yeah, it down no, when you've got. No, because there's 3.5. Billion people in different countries. Isn't yeah. <laughs> so if you are on Apple subscription, just drop us a little message and we'll give you a shout out. Absolutely, um, if you want one. Yeah. yeah if you want, well, if you don't want a if shout don't, out, then, don't bother. Yeah, but don't, yeah, yeah, but thank you. So. But yeah, uh, and then for Patreon, we've uh, had a couple of new, new Patreon members as well. So, so thank you for Jason, James, and Corey. They're welcome to our Patreon. Patreon is there for. You guys who uh, who don't have Apple, 
um, if you do, you know, it's basically the same, isn't it? But for yeah. Android, um, so I think as you know, some of you guys are probably actually on Apple, but still on Patreon. So um, depend whatever you find easier to use. But I mean, I still like Patreon. I know you quite like the new Apple subscription. But I like it because it's all in one place. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. I still like Patreon though. There's, mm. It's got oh, a, whatever. It's I mean, got it's, a place in my yeah. heart. But but yeah. yeah so thank Again, you. If you're leaving if you're leaving comments on stuff like Podbean. Um, things like that. We don't actually use Podbean as a; it's not our host. So if you're leaving, but people have that as a as a podcast app. Yes. So if you're leaving comments on Podbean and that, we get a notification that someone's left a comment, but we don't get the comment unless yeah. we subscribe to fucking Podbean and all that, which is you know it's just a ball ache. It'd be easier if you're going to leave a comment, unless it's get a fucking life and shit like that. And I'm not really interested. But if you're going to leave an actual comment. Uh, yeah. Or you want to get in touch with us, then then get over to Facebook. Just find us a bizarre tales podcast. You know, you'll you'll see that it's obvious. Um, or email us if you want at supernaturalpod at gmail It's just you know there are easier ways to contact us than Podbean. Yeah. You know, and people will be like, oh, what? You know, leaving comments on Podbean, they're wondering why we're not replying. But it's mm-hmm. si- simply that. Yeah, we don't use it. Yeah. But so. Yeah, if you can sign up for the. Uh, Additional things that makes our life easier. Again, if we get more people that sign up, the more content we can do because yeah. we have more fucking time. So you know, it's a win-win. Again, we're going to put up an episode of our absolute poppycock other show that we do. It's not for the faint-hearted. So if you are squeamish, look away now. Um, that will come in. Well, it'll probably come alongside this within a yeah, couple of days I'll after this so. episode. It's going to be a, you know an episode that we've already done. Yeah. We're just going to put it up for you guys to listen to. And if you like it, then you can go across and join us on the. Absolutely yeah, poppycock. yeah, it's a bit of a funner, fun program. It's different, it's, isn't it? yeah, it's very different to this. So, so you it, might not like it, and hey, if you don't like it, don't join us over there. Just stick with us yeah. on bizarre tales. But if you do enjoy it, you'll get, get a flavour of it at least. Yeah, exactly. So that being uh. said, but yes, yeah, so we will put out an extra show for the uh, subscribers. So thank you again to those people. If you can donate, there is a tip jar. If you want to buy a t-shirt, you can do all those lovely things. Um, you know, make our Christmas a bit better. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's nearly Christmas. So that being said, thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you on the other side. Thank you. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. 